So we're going to keep diving into our seven-day shout series. And notice I left the wall. I'm going to, the wall is going to stay up here this week. I brought it down last week and we tipped it over. But we're going to continue walking through our seven-day shout series. And again, we're, we're going to be tackling each one of these. Pride, today's anger, the second one in the series, control, sadness, selfishness. And I don't know if you can read this down at the bottom. Insecurity and division. Hashtag walls come down um, from last week. And uh, just really walking through this and, um, and, and talking about it through. And, and just to remind of where we've been last week, because this is so crucial if you weren't here. And before we face each wall of this series, we, we need to remind ourselves, today's the wall of anger, that sometimes we bump up against that wall, right? And we're like, why can't I do this? Why can't I, I handle my pride? Why can't I control my anger? Why can't I feel secure, and my insecurity. Why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? And it's because we're on the wrong side of the wall, right? We bump up against this wall and bump against this wall. And if you were here last week, all it took was a push. And the wall on this side just came tumbling down. And that's the side that God is on, right? Not the side that we are on. That's the side that God is on. So we need to be on the right side of the wall and trust God who is on his side of the wall for these walls to tumble down. Each one of these we're talking about are not things that we can do by ourselves. Otherwise, guess what? You and I would have already done it. Yeah, got the anger problem taken care of a long, long time ago, all by my, all by my little self. These are things that we can handle by ourselves. And there's another wall, there's another side of this wall that God is looking at again. So we, we, we need to see God take down the anger in my life. And you know, there's another side of that wall. For us, last week it was pride. Do you remember what the other side of the wall was for pride? All right, that's easy. I can pull up last Sunday's message and re-preach it. The other side of that wall from pride was humility. It's an H word. There we go. Thank you. Humility. Humility. Right? The other side of that pride is humility. And when we put humility and His humility into our lives, that's when these walls of pride come tumbling down. So you can catch up to that, some of us, uh, online. It's on our website and podcast. (coughs) Go re-listen. Um... (laughs) We can't get the humility thing. So we're going to keep moving on today on, on the next wall that we're going to try to tackle. So um, who likes baseball? Who likes baseball? A couple of baseball fans in here. You see the, what the Baltimore Orioles, the, you see the damage they did yesterday? Oh, 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 all right. All right, so I got a baseball story for you. In the spring of 1894, the Baltimore Orioles, yes, 1894, like 1994? No, yeah, baseball goes back that far. 1894, the Baltimore Orioles came to Boston to play a routine baseball game. What happened that day was anything but routine. The Orioles' John McGraw got into a fight with the Boston third baseman. And within minutes, all the players, not just the two of them, but all the players from both teams had joined in the brawl. All of them fighting. And then the warfare quickly spread to the grandstands. And you had the people in the grandstands going fisticuffs, fighting each other. And among the fans, the conflict, conflict then went from bad to worse. Someone set fire to the stands. And then the entire ballpark burned to the ground. And it didn't stop there. The fire spread to 107 other Boston buildings. All from two guys fighting on the field. Today, man, we're talking about the wall of anger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How one little itty bitty might seem not a big deal can overflow 
and set a fire to your world in ways that you didn't even imagine. There's a few things, again, we need to understand before we dive in. Last week, we bumped up against the wall and had to realize a crucial point. Here's another one. The walls from a distance don't seem so high. I know it's a simple concept, right? But when we're looking at these walls, the walls of anger, the walls of control, of sadness, the walls from a distance, they don't seem so high. You're like, oh yeah, I got that. Jericho, the story that we're using for the last week and last two weeks, these itty bitty walls from a distance, right? Oh yeah, I got that. And then you get closer and what? Then we remember that the walls went up, two walls went up 70 feet, seven stories high. You see the walls from a distance don't, don't look so big. I can handle that. I can handle that. I can, I can handle that. I, I can handle I can't handle that. And we start backing away and we start backing right. The walls from a distance do not seem so high. And as you and as I approach each one of these things, weak after week, after week, you might be looking down this list and be like, sure, no problem. Anger, I don't really have an anger issue. Security, I'm pretty secure. I don't feel insecure. Division, I'm a pretty unified person, right? Rarely does my arm fall off. I feel pretty, I feel pretty unified most of the time. I don't go all Mr. Potato Head, right? But as we approach, as we get closer to each one of these walls, guess what? They're going to loom bigger and bigger and bigger in our field of view. And how do these walls get there? How do these walls actually get there? Three ways. From ourselves, from others, and from the enemy. Three ways these walls come up and and build up in our lives. From ourselves, like I don't remember building a wall of anger. Yeah, you did. Brick by argumentative brick in your marriage. Nine years later, you're like, when did that happen? Right? How did, I, how did I get into this situation? How, I got, how did I get into this situation? You can build your own wall and not even realize it. Bloop, 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 And wall yourself in. Walls get there from others. Sometimes things you just, you just can't complain. Like the people of Jericho, they put up these walls, right? And they weren't necessarily, we're going to build these walls. A thousand years from now, this group called the Israelites are going to come, and we want to be ready for that day, so let's build some 70-foot walls. Sounds good? Sounds good. Okay, and now we wait. Just for the Israelites. No, no, Jericho didn't build the walls for Israel. They didn't do that intentionally against them. Sometimes other people in your life, in your world, in your sphere of influence, you're just going to build a wall, and it's not necessarily against you. But they may have to be taken down in your heart and your life in order for you to move forward. If a coworker says something and you take it the wrong way, that wasn't necessarily meant against you, but you can get what? What's our word for today? You can get angry about that, right? A little brick by brick, these walls go up. The third option is, yes, the enemy puts walls up. Yes, Satan. Yes, the devil. He has a name. The enemy puts up deliberate, intentional walls meant to separate you from God. Because what do walls do? They separate things. This is my side of the yard, and that's your side of the yard. And even though there's a tree over here, there's a, there's, your tree's coming over into the invisible wall that keeps going up. If my fence kept going, and I'm going to need to cut your tree, sir. Thank you. <laughs> right, these walls put up to divide things, to separate things. And sometimes even when we can't see them, they're there. Right. The third thing we can learn before we dive into anger today. Jericho wasn't a problem when... Fill in the blank. 
You see, Jericho wasn't a problem when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, was it? Yes, no, blank stares. Okay, nods. Yes, okay. <laughs> Jericho wasn't a problem for the Israelites when they crossed the Red Sea, right? Well, Jericho wasn't a problem. Jericho was not a problem when they were in the desert wandering aimlessly for 40 years. Jordan wasn't, or Jericho was not a problem before they crossed the Jordan River, was it? Right? No. This, this wasn't a problem until you get closer. And again, until you and I get closer and we approach these walls that don't seem so high from a distance, they're going to loom present in our lives. So what walls for you weren't a problem when fill in the blank? Was anger not a problem for you until five minutes ago? You see, we've come to this place with anger. That we think that this book here, we think that this book here reads something along the lines of, you can't be a Christ follower and be angry. Like, I'm not allowed to be angry, we think this book says. Well, that's wrong, first of all. It's like the late comedian Mitch Hedberg said, I'm against picketing, but I don't know how to show it. You know, we can, we can get so wrapped, oh, I'm not allowed to be angry, I'm not allowed, I, I, I want to love others, and I've I got feelings, and God's got me wrapped all up and, and passionate, but I, I can't say anything, especially not on social media, right? Do you know how often God was angry with the Israelites in the Old Testament? More times than we can count. All through the Old Testament, in Genesis, Isaiah, Numbers, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Joshua, you pick a book. At some point in that book, God is angry with the Israelites. And we've also come to this place in modern day Christianity where we think that this angry old God, rawr, somehow, of the Old Testament doesn't exist anymore. But this word, again, this word, this book tells us, again, in Numbers, in Malachi, in Hebrews, and James, that God is unchanging, right? Always the same. So if God is unchanging, and this God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament, right? And is the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is also the God of the now, right? Right? All the same. Unchanging. Did God have anger then? Yes. Does God have anger now? Yes. And grace and discipline and forgiveness and love and rebuke and all those things that are still found in the Old Testament. Because otherwise Israel would have been wiped off the face of the earth, right? Because we would have been fed up with them. God showed grace and mercy. And we've come to this point again where we, we have to ask ourselves, like, well, whose image are we made in? We're made in God's image, right? But the longer time we spend away from this book, away from relationship, dwelling in these world of, of this walls, we kind of create God in our own image, right? Well, I'm not angry all the time, and I want, I want love, and I want grace, and I want forgiveness all the time. Therefore, God, give me grace, and give me love, and give me forgiveness all the time. We don't like to slap on the wrist. We don't like angry. But is there a time for anger? Yes. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. Not Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a cool verse, but not a sermon for today. Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. When you get angry, it doesn't just stop at anger. It goes to full-blown rage and throwing things. Rawr! You know, like that guy in the Snickers commercials that suddenly turns from anything into anything else when you have a Snickers bar? Someone's feeling not themselves and hungry, right? Hangry is a word that exists in our house, right? Especially with, with pregnant wife, so 
Just give her food, step away, right? I'm alive, thank you. All right? So you're like, okay, I get it. Here we're getting ready to go into 55,000 verses of anger is bad. Anger is bad. Anger is bad. Anger is bad, right? Nope. Nope. Not today. You're like, this is not, this is not, this, this is not the message I thought I was going to hear. You're right. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 3. Mark, chapter 3. I'm going to be in verses 1 through 6. Second book of the New Testament. And if you don't have a Bible somewhere around you, we've got Bibles over there to your left underneath the prayer board. And if you do not have a Bible at all, please take that one home with you today. Put your name in it in permanent ink. Because it's yours. Mark chapter 3. Again, Jesus, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus, the Pharisees, to, to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. We're going to say, okay, watch what he does. If he does something we don't like, it'll give us just another little itty-bitty reason to do something about it. And he said to the man, Jesus did, with a withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save her life or to kill? And these wise Pharisees took a look around and they're like, oh gosh, he's, he's got us there. We don't, we don't have an answer. And they were silent. Because they were silent, verse 5, and, and Jesus looked around at them with... Jesus looked around at them with... Anger. anger grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the men, you know what? Enough with these people. Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him about how to destroy him. Book of John, a few pages over. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 2. And there's another story, a different story actually in Matthew chapter 21 if you want to read it later. Matthew chapter 21. But for now, John chapter 2, verse 15. 13, sorry, to start. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, that's pretty intentional, right? Sit there and slowly make a whip of cords. I don't know if you've ever made a whip. I've never made a whip. I don't imagine it would not be a quick thing to sit there and make a whip. You're like, hold on, you keep selling that sheep, I'm coming for you. Now the little knot in the whip. Ooh, ooh, Jesus is getting, what's the word? Angry, he's making a whip, not a feather. Be gone. No, it's a whip. He's going to drive them out. Making whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins and the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. You see, Jesus was angry when it wasn't for selfish gain. There's a time for anger. And Jesus was not angry when it was all about me. You wouldn't believe the things that he said to me. Jesus went to his disciples and complained about, said no one ever. You wouldn't believe what these people did. They didn't like me. They made me get in a boat. I had to go out from shore. I wanted to preach from land. I'm angry. These people are trying to kill me. They're trying to throw me off a cliff. But I'm Jesus and I'm able to disappear. That's another cool part, right? And they're like, where'd he go? They lost him, right? You could all get wrapped up in, in being angry. And if anyone had anything to be angry about, it was Jesus, right? Why am I up on this cross? I didn't do anything wrong, right? You could have been angry. 
But you see, any time that Jesus was upset, he modeled not selfish, but selfless, getting angry for others, for their benefit. Turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. We're looking at a decent amount of scripture today. Book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Two short little verses there. I'll give you a second to turn there. It's near the end of the Old Testament here. Or sorry, New Testament. Whew, that would have been a different Old Testament. New Testament. Verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear. Fast to hear, right? But slow to speak and then slow to what? It doesn't say don't get angry, right? And avoid anger at all costs. Never be angry again because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Never be angry. Signed, Paul. No. Slow to speak, slow to anger. Verse 20, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In other words, don't get there fast. You know, anger is not always a sin. Psalm chapter 7, verse 11 says, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Every day something burns God's heart up and makes Him just like Jesus was in the temple. This is not right and this... Man, my heart breaks and I'm angry for others. Not angry for myself. I'm angry that someone's marriage is getting torn apart. I'm, I'm angry that addictions have overtaken someone's life. I'm angry that, 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 that the doctor's messed up. There are two Greek words used for angry. And anger that we simply read is one word. The first set of words means passion. And energy, righteous indignation. The second set of words means boiling and agitated. Different, different set of words, isn't it? Righteous indignation, passion and energy. Or boiling over, agitated, full-blown rage. One more passage of Scripture. Book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 is where we're going to start. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. What's the verse 26 start at if you found this and are following along? Verse 26, Ephesians chapter 4. What are the first two words? Be angry. What? I, what? I never read this before. Yeah. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil, the enemy, to build that wall. Right? Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he maybe have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be, be put away as much as you can right from you, along with all malice. And you know what? Be, what's this word? Kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. What do walls do again? What do walls do? Walls separate and for this wall of anger, it separates us from God. A few points to close out this morning. 
Anger has become a wall in your life. And again, what do walls do? Walls separate, and sin separates us from God, so we can do the math to tie this together, right? Walls separate, okay? Sin separates. Walls equals sin, yes. Anger has become a wall in your life when you attack the person instead of the problem. You have, you have an anger problem. You have an anger issue when, when you attack the person instead of the issue. This word called vengeance, or, or to get back at someone. Oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what they put about me on Facebook. You know what? I'm going to do twice as bad. You're angry, right? Right way to handle things? Yes, no? No, right? Anger has become a wall in your life when you attack the person instead of the problem. When it's your kid and your kid needs discipline and you act out of anger, does that help the kid? No, you didn't attack the problem. What was the situation? Anger has also become a wall in your life when you leave no room for God to handle the problem. We, we like to step in sometimes. And we, you know what, God, that's cool. Hold on a second, I'm going to handle this. And you, and you step into this situation or back into this situation to try to do something or get back at someone in some way. You're like, I've got this. Oh my gosh, you're not going to wait. You're not going to wait to see how I handle this. Texty, 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 text. And then it's sent. You know, Abraham Lincoln often said, you know, write a letter when someone makes you angry, and then before his secretary could send it, he would go burn it, get his feelings out, and then write another one. Anger has become a wall in your life when you leave no room for God to handle the problem. Sometimes we just need to step back. Yes, maybe we might be feeling anger, but if it's selfish reasons, if it's for prideful reasons, we need to take a step back and let God be God. And God's justice will always surpass our own. And we also, sometimes we don't leave room for God to work within us and admit that maybe we do have an anger problem. And when we act, boom, like that, oh my gosh, I'm, go I'm getting ready to go. Oh, she hit me. Oh, I got this text. Oh, this coworker said this, blah, blah, blah. You name it. You know the situations that you're in. And when we act immediately, we just go, we just push, and we, and we act out of anger, just boiling agitation, boiling over. We don't let God do any work within us. How often do we pray when we get angry? I mean, really. It's a tough question, isn't it? But we know the answer. How often do we say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to handle this right now. I need to take five minutes. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to my bedroom. I need to go to the water cooler. Whatever it is, I'm going to clear my head. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with God because I don't want to boil over and put myself into a sinful situation. I don't want to put another brick in the wall of my anger problem. So I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to try to attack the problem, not the person. God can work in a mighty way when, when we just take a pause. Third thing. Anger has become a wall in your life when you will not let go of the stones that built it. Because remember, sometimes you put this wall up, right? We don't really think about it, but it's true. We build these walls in our lives. Sometimes we just have to let go. And that wall will come down by God's power. Some of you may not know this, but when I was in college, this goes back to three years before um, I met and really talked to Lisa. Now we've been married for nine years, so that's, that's kind of exciting this week. Woo, nine years of marriage. So we're, we're going in rewind. We're going big time rewind back to when Josh was at USF. And, and I was engaged to a not Lisa. And that didn't end well. 
at all. Let's just say I walked into a situation that didn't involve me. Broke my heart. I was crushed. I had anger because then I saw her and her then boyfriend the next week. Yes, they were together. That was fun. And all the same classes at the school of music I had. Walked around the same classes. We had the same circles of friends. This is a rough time for Josh to be Josh. I was crashing into my fraternity brother's apartments. I wanted to be anywhere but alone. I had a lot of anger. And it took a year. It took a year to go by. But I had to pray that anger out, and God took care of it. I had a lot of burden and baggage feelings. I had a lot of anger that just spooled me up. And it's almost the reason I got out of bed every day. And if you've got an anger like that, you know what I'm talking about. And it'll eat you alive. I said, God, I just need to forgive this girl for whatever it was and let this go. Let you be you and I'll be me. We'll put these things in the right perspective, right? Like Francis Chan says, you know, when I don't always agree with this, I assume I'm wrong. I'm going to submit to this book and the authority of God. So God, you be you and I'll be me and I'm going to let this go. I'm going to let go of the stones that are building a wall in my life so high I'll never be able to pursue what you want. It was actually that simple. Went over to Tampa the next year to visit as my ex was having an engagement party to the guy I found them. That was fun. So we were going to this restaurant because, again, we had the same circle of friends. I found out later that she had changed the location at the last minute to be at the restaurant I was eating at so that they and her and all their family would walk by because she knew I was in town to just walk by with the hymn. And I was just fine. You know who wasn't? The father I tried to shake the hand of. Hi, sir, how are you? No hard feelings. Nothing big. Did not expect to get cussed out by a 54-year-old man. Fathers, you paying attention? It's Father's Day, right? And I'm still good. Because God had a blessing on the other side of the wall. For me, her name is Lisa. And I didn't know that. And if I would have stayed in my anger, I would have never gone to the other side. If I would have always just wanted to be God and handle that situation, I would have never gone to the other side. And some of you out here this morning, you're like, I identify with that. Like, that's me. I woke up this morning still remembering that person who did that one thing 56 years ago or whatever it was in my past. You need to make a phone call. You need to write a letter. You need to make it right. And be at peace as much as you can, as Paul writes, with everyone. And let God be God and you be you. And let God take down this wall of anger in your life. Because the other side of the wall of anger, last week for pride, it was what? Humility. We got it. Yes, okay. Maybe get a pass. The other side of the wall from anger is this wonderful word, we read it already, called kindness. Kindness. You see, anger is something you feel, right? But kindness is something you show, isn't it? So you can feel anger. You can be angry. Like Ephesians 4 told us, be angry. Like, be angry? I don't know. I never read this verse before. Yeah, be angry, but show kindness. 
Be angry, but show kindness. Don't let the anger boil over and become a sinful situation, become a wall to build up in your lives. You see, shallow Christianity rises and falls with our feelings. I'll back up and say that again. Shallow Christianity rises and falls with our feelings. We feel good, God, yay! We feel angry, God, boo! And we we turn ourselves away from Him. Don't be living in shallow faith. A deep relationship with Jesus Christ surpasses just the feeling of anger. Because when you know Jesus, you can be angry and yet show kindness. Our last scripture today, Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21 and 22. If your enemy, if your enemy, the person you are angry at, the person you are at war at, or at war with, like, like that baseball game, before you burned out the town, right? If your enemy, the person you're angry at, the person you hate, the person you despise, the person you don't get along with, the person who said that thing, the person who did that thing, if your enemy is hungry, give him knives? Yes. Nails? No. Sword? Yes. No. Bad. All. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For he will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. You're like, I've always wondered, what is that burning coals thing? Like, like, it said don't do anything like that. And then you want me to pour burning coals on his head? No, 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 no. God handles the burning coals. You show the kindness. Today there may be a wall in front of you. It's standing in front of your life and you don't even know it. You didn't even know it was a problem until today. Because as we get closer to each one of these walls, they seem bigger and bigger and bigger. You're like, wow, I, I got an anger problem. And these walls, again, separate us between God. And for you, maybe today, the wall of anger needs to come down. And regardless of who put it there, if you put it there, or if someone else put it there, or if something else put it there, or even if the enemy put it there, it doesn't matter, God can take it down. And you need to let go of the stones sometimes. You're holding the bricks in place on this wall. And you're praying the wall to come down. Wall come down, wall come down. Dear Lord, wall come down. You've got to realize I'm holding the bricks. And like Jenga, you step away comes tumbling down. You see, there is peace and kindness waiting for you on the other side of that wall this morning. Don't be in a world of anger. Don't dwell bumping up against this wall and bumping up against this wall like a fly outside your glass window. You know, we've all seen it. You bump, you bump. Well, I want to get inside. I want to get inside. We're like, why is this fly so stupid? Come on. You know, bump. I want to get in. And that's us. Because there's a wall there sometimes we can't see. I want to get inside. I want to get inside. And we do the same thing in our lives. We're the fly. But there is a world on the other side of this, on the other side of anger, called kindness, called love, called peace, called restoration. And God is going to do some amazing things in your life when we trust Him to take down the wall. So I'm going to invite our elders up, just like every Sunday we're going to do in this series. We talked about pride last week, so don't feel weird if you came up or didn't come up. We talked about pride that should already be in our past, right? I'm going to invite our elders to come up and stay up here at the front. If you want to pray with someone, through these last couple of songs and just, you know, event or let something out or give it to God. These guys are going to be up here to pray with you, to be with you. Maybe just to stand with you and in peace sometimes say nothing. But they're here for you.
and we're going to sing a couple of songs. And if you want this wall of anger to come tumbling down in your life this morning, these are some people you can pray with. Because God wants this wall down. You understand that? God doesn't want this wall here. Whether the enemy put it up, whether we put it up, whether someone else put it up, God does not want this wall separating us in our anger from His love. You might just have to pray this morning. Just spend some time. Say, God, I want no more anger, no more past, no more this situation in my life. I want to be with you. And I can't do this on my own, so your power, God, bring this wall down.